Man, man, man. Was that not awesome this morning? Were y'all, are y'all ready for a word this morning? Talk to me, somebody. Y'all ready? Hey, I just want everybody's attention, just real quick. I, I just want you to look this way. Um, there's been very few times in my life, I've, I've done this a lot of times, and there's been very few times that I've known that I have a word. And I don't, I don't pretend that I'm a prophet of God like Elijah, but I have a prophetic word for you today if you'll receive it. And I'm telling you, I've never been more certain that I have a word from God than I do right now. And so I'm just asking every one of you as I'm about to pray to not worry about your neighbor and not worry about the person that you wish could hear this word, and you'll receive this word. That's what I'm asking for you, for everybody watching online and everybody listening to the podcast and everybody in this room right now, this is for you. Young people and old people like us and everybody in between, this is for us. And so I'm just asking you right now to let this be for you. Will y'all do that with me? God, this morning, I'm so excited because I believe you're about to shift something. And I can't even really explain with words what I know it is. I don't even believe that it's going to happen and that seems to have a might in it. I, you've already done this. And God, we're about to experience something that is, that is mind-boggling. And so I'm just so thankful and I'm claiming it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, this morning, we are starting our series on the blessed life. And listen... I think uh, y'all probably had questions like, is this dude going to talk? What, is he going to tell me I'm automatically going to get a blessing? Is he going to? There you go. There's your blessing. It's over with, right? Somebody like, what, what, what's this going to be about? And, and I, there's just one or two things that come to our minds when we think of blessing. The staff kind of got together and I was like, let's just start popping some stuff out that we think of when we think of blessing. So here's some of them. Financial security. I need y'all to talk. Can y'all talk to me? Do y'all do y'all agree that it is not bad to be financially secure? Blah blah, right? <laughs> like some of y'all that we're in the same boat and you're not financially secure. You're like, yes, it's a blessing, Pastor. Come on. Healthy, is it better to be sick or healthy? healthy. Come on. Silver spoon, if y'all are like me. If you lost a billion dollars, did you hear what I said? Lost. <laughs> and you still have money. That seems like a blessing to me. Is it just me? Somebody come on. Come on. Right. Praise the Lord. And, and then this is what we think. I just get to wake up in the morning. I get to do what I want. I need, this is church, okay? So I need y'all's honesty. How many of y'all have said, God, for real, this is church. God, if I win the lottery, I promise I'll give it to some people and then the next thought that you have is, but I'm going to call my boss and I ain't coming in. Some, somebody tell, right? Some of y'all lied just now because you didn't say it was you, right? Because you know, and if you're the boss, you would call you. That's fine, right? That's me. But you don't do anything and everything's easy, right? How many of y'all are old enough? Phew, this is dating me, but it's okay. Y'all remember like Leave it to Beaver back in the day? We watched like the reruns because we weren't that old, wink. But like... Uh, and then Pleasantville, did y'all see that all the balls go in the basket? You don't ever miss, and everything's perfect, and you don't have to worry about anything. That's what the blessed life is, isn't it? That's what we think it's supposed to be like. I get to have peace. I get anything I want. I have success. I have power. I have influence. I have all these things. That's what the blessed life is. And now here's what's so interesting about that. And this is where I believe some of you are going to find a shift today. This is what I believe is the number one thing that keeps us from living our fullest life in Jesus Christ. Look this way. This right here. Believing that all of this 
all of this is your destiny and not anything to do with God except, 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 God, if you will. That'd be awesome. So, like, we sprinkle it in, God, this is cool because it's sort of about you, but I, but I need you to give me this. And if you do, I'll use all of that for you, don't worry. And I believe Jesus, when he was talking, sometimes knew what we were going to be thinking because he talked exactly about this in Luke chapter 16. So here's the background. He's given a story about a shrewd business person, a person that kind of uses their influence for their own glory. What does that sound like to y'all? Someone that uses their influence to get something sounds like us, doesn't it? It sounds like what we do constantly, where we are right now. And then this is what Jesus said. He like, he's going through and he's like, look, you do this and you do this and you're, you just take people's money and you do what you want with it and you're not blessing me first. And then here's the deal. And y'all got to get this. Don't miss this. Verse 9 says in, in Luke chapter 16, and I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth. Y'all say mammon. That's what that word is. Unrighteous mammon so that when it fails, they may receive you in the eternal dwelling. Who is they? Who is going to receive you? We'll get there in a minute. I'm glad you asked. Verse 10. One who is faithful in uh, very little, just a little bit, is also faithful in much. This is Jesus, remember, speaking. He says, if you're faithful with just a little bit that you have today, I know that you'll be faithful with a lot. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest with much. So if you're the person that says, God, if you would bless me, with $10,000, because I got a hundred to my name right now, and that's it, and I need 10000 If you would do that, I'll give, but I'm not going to give today. I'm not going to be honest today. I'm going to rob the government of its taxes. I'm going to rob everything else, and I'm definitely not going to bring it back to you because you're the last thing on my list. And he's like, listen, if you'll do that with a hundred, if you'll do that with 10, I promise you'll do that with more because it always gets harder. Can I just tell you, when you get more zeros, you got to give more zeros, and I'm just telling y'all right now, okay, okay. If you drop a dollar in the box or at the kiosk on the way out the door, it's like, okay, that was a buck, right? And then if you drop 10, and then if you drop 100, it's, you start going, right? And it starts talking to you. You could go buy something. <laughs> like, you could get two pairs of J's at the Nike outlet. Somebody talk to me like, that's Jordans for people that don't know what J's are, right? You could do something else. You could, and then 1,000 because someone gave me 10,000. You could buy that car. And it talks to you. But if I won the lottery and I got 10 million, I'd give a million. A million dollars. Come on, somebody. You didn't give a dollar and you thought you'd give a million. Uh, survey says no, right? That's what Jesus is saying. No, stop praying for it. It's not going to happen. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth or mammon. Goodness gracious. Who's going to actually give you the true wealth that only comes from heaven? So, so you think that, that you weren't faithful with this and you're asking for more and you're asking for my riches and my, this is God. Who do you think it comes from and why would I give you this? Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, I just want y'all to consider this for a second before I move on. If you've not been faithful with everybody else's, don't worry about God for a second. If you've not been faithful with other people's stuff, think about what it does. Think about the name of Jesus that we proclaim with our lips 
and we constantly walk out and deny him. And we say we need more to bless others. And as a result, people look at us and say, yeah, but that's what a Christian does with their money. He said, if you've not been faithful with another's, who will give you that which is your own? Who's going to be faithful to you if you're not faithful to others? And then this is the one that I believe is going to shift us right here. Because I want you all to get this. Verse 13, I believe this is a declaration of war on the American church. I love the church. Please don't hear me talk bad about any church. But listen to me. I'm not apologizing for what I'm about to say. Some of you will not like this. I love all of you. But this is the truth by the authority of God's word. And I'm telling you, this is your prophetic word if you'll lean in. No one can serve two masters. No servant can serve two masters. No one, no one, no one. It's not, it's not maybe you can, maybe you can't, you can tiptoe the line. No one can. For you either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted with all their heart, devoted to one and despise, holy cow, the other. You cannot serve God and money. But guess what that word is? Y'all say this with me. Say mammon. Mammon. Did y'all watch Cool Runnings back in the day, by the way? Mammon, we be jamming. That's what I think every time I read that, right? Some of y'all did not see that, so you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just go watch it. It's the, bo- the Jamaican bobsled team. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Come on, team. It's bobsled time. Cool running. Okay, so if you haven't seen it, that's not funny either, but that's good. But, like, I'm going to ask y'all a couple questions today. We're going to write these down together. So if, you, if you're a man... None of y'all take notes, but take notes today, okay? Like, write these down. What is mammon? Just show of hands. I'm going to be impressed and call you a liar. How many of y'all know off the top of your head who knows what, ma- who knows what mammon is? You, you were at the first service, so that doesn't count. All of y'all are on probation. If you weren't at the first service, mammon. So I didn't know either, so I'm glad I'm not the only one. Remember, this is what Jesus was actually saying. Riches, wealth, you can't serve both. Mammon is the Aramaic word. Aramaic is one of three languages in the Bible, Hebrew, Greek, and then Aramaic. Aramaic was most likely what Jesus spoke in that day. It's like Arabic in that day. Because of the influence of Babylon, because of the influence of Rome, because of the influence of all these other things, Aramaic became what was the spoken language in Israel. And this is the, he- the Aramaic word for riches, for wealth, for prosperity, and by the way, for influence. So like if you don't have a lot of money, but you got a lot of influence, mammon is probably controlling you. But this is it. It is not just stuff. It is a spirit. And this is what we miss constantly. You can't serve this spirit or this spirit is literally what the Bible says. You can't serve God or the spirit of God or mammon or the spirit of mammon because it talks. We just said it talks. It controls, it wants, it devours. And it's, it, it's derived from, at the time, by the way, Jesus was speaking to them about the Syrian God of riches. And the Syrian God of riches' name was Mammon. But listen, it originally comes from Babylon. It, 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 its origination was from Babylon, and it was the God of riches in Babylon. But listen to this. This is even crazier. Babylon means... Babble on, sown or, or the seed of confusion. Now listen, don't miss this. The author of confusion is, this is a quiz, the author of confusion is? Satan. Satan. And at the, the original place where Babylon began was the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. Now watch this. 
they tried to get to heaven by building this thing up. And they were like, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I don't really need God. This seems like a waste. Jesus is this cool dude. He might be the way. He might be the truth. All that sounds good. I think I can get to him. I just do my thing, right? And so they build up this thing, build up this thing, build up this thing, and God sees it and says, oh, so you're trying to bypass me. And he throws confusion on them. And they begin, there was one language on the planet, and God threw languages everywhere because he does not want anyone to believe that anyone can find hope except through him, that anyone can find true salvation except through him. And so he threw languages on them. Confusion was about, they begin to babble is what it sounded like, Tower of Babel. So everything that came from there was sown or a seed of confusion. Now listen to this. The premise or the system to get them to heaven without God is what this whole thing is. So I don't want you to miss this part. And this is the shift that I believe all of us, I'll find it eventually, have to make. So many of us look at this and say, God, if I just had more of these, if you just knew my problems, Pastor, you wouldn't be saying this to me now because you don't know where I live. You don't know my background. You don't know how hard it is. In the neighborhood that I live in, if you only had a clue how hard this is for me, you're standing up there with your stuff, and you think that, that, but you don't understand. Here's what I do understand. The enemy, specifically the spirit of mammon, wants you to believe that. The spirit of mammon wants you to believe that this is your rescue. That a little bit more influence or a little bit more money will save you. That a little bit more stuff, a little bit more riches, just a little bit more popularity. Then I can feel like myself. God, if you just gave me a little more, I would feel good. And here's what we do, and I find this fascinating because I do this, and I will not again. God, bless me. I trust you. And if you can't, just give me a little bit of money. Anybody ever done that? God, I really need you to, to help me in this situation, but, or maybe send some money. God, I'm going to try to serve both, and if you can't do it, maybe I know that they can. That's what we say. And then we would deny and say, no, 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 not this one. Everybody else does, right? Because it's not about me. It's a contrasting, arrogant spirit that goes directly against God's will for your life. It is trying to, by the way, John 10, 10, the thief, look here. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so this is not bad. Don't miss this. The money in your hand is not bad, but the spirit that's coming after you, after you is trying to devour you. And it is alarming at the state that the American church is in. Because here's the problem. Next slide. The prosperity gospel is the gospel that we're kind of linked to as an emerging church. Meaning, I got my jeans on, right? We had an awesome band. We got chairs and not pews. So that's what everybody calls the modern church or the emerging church. We're kind of lumped together with this prosperity gospel. And I got to wear my rain boobs. Come on, somebody. I don't have my J's on today. Like, but but I, we, can, we, don't, we don't wear suits and ties, and then everybody says, well, they're all the same. Here's what the prosperity gospel teaches. Give and you'll get. If you give, you'll get it. It's awesome. And, and listen, every, I've heard people say this, and I just want to do roundhouse kicks and break my TV. If you're not rich, then you're not right. Right? I'm just thinking bad words, and I don't need to say it to y'all. Right? That, what are you talking about? 
You are literally telling these people, go to hell. That is literally what we are teaching in the gospel today. We don't care where you go. We don't care what you do. Just go to hell. Because if you give us stuff, God will do all this stuff, and it's a magic trick. God is not a magician. He's the God of the universe that created everything. And we are condemning people by this right here. You have to be blessed or something is wrong. And as a result, we have begun to worship the blessing and not the blesser. We've forgotten all about Jesus, and we just sprinkle it in and say, Jesus, I need a little bit more of this green. And I don't know how many people will be in church today. In the state of South Carolina, it's getting crazy, so probably not that many. Come on. But, but in the nation, and I'm so grateful we live in America, and I do not believe, don't miss this. I'm going to say this over and over. It is not a sin to be rich. It is a sin to want that above all else. And that is the definition of America. That is what we believe is our inalienable right. My inalienable right is hell. Listen to what I'm telling you. My inalienable right is that I have sinned and I'm separated from God, but until Jesus rescued me, I deserve that. Whatever else I get is whatever else I get. And at the moment that I needed him, he rescued me and saved me from all my sin. Now my right is heaven. Now my home is heaven. And now all of these other things are not what I'm defined by. They're just part of me so that I can give to others. If that is not my testimony, then I am not his. I am defined by the spirit of mammon. And we constantly battle it and we say, whoa, 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 whoa. It can't be all of it. Jesus said, you can't serve both. And so if my defining, my determining factor has anything to do with anything but Jesus, is it wrong to have fun? Come on, somebody. Is it wrong? No, it's awesome. Is it wrong to have money? No. Somebody, y'all can all say it. Come on. It's awesome. I believe, listen to me. I'm going to be rich someday in, in earthly money. But it's when God can trust me with it. It's not going to happen until then. It's not going to happen because I woke up someday and believed that God all of a sudden needed to bless me. And that is the jail that we live in in this country today. And we put a Jesus stamp on it and say it's about him. God help us. We are, listen, we are damning people, which means sending them to hell left and right, and putting a steeple on the outside of it and calling it a church. God help us. So here's one simple little tidbit. If God can't fix it, excuse me, if God doesn't need to fix it, if money can fix my problems, guess what it's not? A problems. I got 99 problems and that ain't one. Come on, somebody like that. If my money can fix it. So let me give you an example. My boat has a hole in it. First of all, you have a boat, right? <laughs> Talk to me. Like, and then you've got $10,000 in your savings account. And you're just praying, God, <laughs> I need help with this boat. Can we all pump the brakes for a second and say, that's probably not something God needs to help you with, okay? You can pray all you want to, but we're probably asking for something that we already have. Is it wrong to fix your boat? It's just wrong to believe God for something that you don't need to believe God for. We do that every day. And then we sprinkle God in it and say, this is all about you. With everything. I need this boat. Come on, God. With everything. We all do it. We all do it. And can I just tell you, man, the reason I'm so like, 
I just believe the Holy Spirit is in this place today because I believe that this is going to shift a bunch of people. I just believe, man, that this is what defines the church. I've heard so many times, I'm so thankful to be an American Christian because it's the easiest place to be a Christian. Can I tell you what Jesus said, and maybe we could argue with that? It's harder for a rich man to get to heaven or to truly follow him than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. I won't give you the historical background of that. I'll just say it's really, really hard. You say, well, what about ISIS? I say, what about it? At the point that we are faced with something that is terribly difficult, the truth comes out and we stand strong. But what we get to do is toe the line and serve God in money. And it is killing, killing the church. So I'm just telling you all this with love and we're going to keep going. This house isn't doing that. And I know some people are going to be like, I'm out. <laughs> I need someone that will tell me it's all going to be okay. I can promise you it's going to be way better than okay. It just not, may not be what you think. And it's dang sure never been about this. Come on. It's never been about this. All right. So let's move on. Is money evil? That's the next one, y'all. All the men, I see y'all right now. Thank you. Just kidding. But like, y'all talk to me. Is money evil? Nope. Money's neutral. But now this is, this is where... This is where God's really shown me something. There's not one dollar on this planet that does not have a spirit on it. Listen to what I'm telling you. Or in the world. But it all is based on the person holding the money. It's never based on this paper. This paper's meaningless. It's backed by something else and all this. The money in your checking account you're like, Pastor, I don't have a checking account. I understand. Praise the Lord. Like, the money that you have, the possessions that you have, the things that you have, is solely based on this. When I received it, did I clench my fist and put it behind me and say, this is mine? You say, I would never do that. I think we would have a record of it if you didn't, if you call this place your church. But, I, but, 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 but you don't understand. I can't afford it. Those who are faithful with a little will be faithful with much. And the minute that I say, nope, <laughs> listen, I'm telling you, and I say this with love because I mean this with all my heart, you have the spirit of mammon covering your house. Is that the covering that you want? The one that kills and steals and destroys? Pastor, help my marriage. I can't help a marriage that's covered in the spirit of mammon. It is wrecking your life because this battle... Ephesians 6 is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and darkness. It's spirits that we fight against, and we say, I've got this. I'm stronger than this. You're not stronger than the most puny spirit. Better yet, this one. But I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is one that is inside of me. Which one do I want? Which one? Let's talk. Which one do y'all want over y'all's house? What spirit do we want covering us? Come on. For real? If y'all don't know this answer, I'm going to start over this whole message. Come on, somebody. Which spirit do we want over us? The Holy Spirit of God. And yet it seems like a multiple choice question when it comes down to it. Because my money starts talking to me. You ain't got to give. It ain't really that important. That thing. Can I just tell you something? If you give so that you can get, 
you've missed the point altogether because it all boils down to your heart. Whatever a man thinks in his heart, that he will also be. Proverbs 23, 7. If you think in your heart that God's going to give you something, you will be a manipulative person for the rest of your life, believing God only wants you to have what you have so that you can have more and you can be known. God never intended for any of this for you. He intended all of it for himself. But can I just tell you this? And this is the part that I think shifts everything. God said that it's better to give than receive. And we always take that for us, right? Well, then I need to give. I need to give. It is, it is a commandment. It's not that you give a tithe. It's you return a tithe to him. But listen, if that's the case and I become trustworthy, he's more blessed. Don't miss this. When he gives to you than when you give to him. He wants to do that, but he can't trust me with his blessing. And by the grace of God, he withholds from me what I've asked for so many times because it would be what would bury me if I actually get it. And can I just tell you two quick things that came to my mind this week? God told me one of them, but when I was in Israel, the last couple times, um, and we're going back in January, I can't wait, uh, when you get to to Jericho, you go up this mountain and you get to Jerusalem about 13 miles away. And when you look, when you get to Jericho, you're in the base of this hottest, terrible valley. And you look up and there's this tall mountain. And that is the mountain in Matthew chapter four, where Satan tempted Jesus after the 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. And here's the thought that came to my mind. I was just looking at that. And you just have these moments like, like Jesus, the Jesus, not like some dude named Jesus. Jesus was right there, right? Holy crud. And this is what Satan said to him. Don't, oh my goodness, don't miss this. This is what Satan said to him. If you'll just bow down before me, I'll give you all this. I'll give you the kingdom that you can ask for. Now listen to me. If Satan can offer that to Jesus, why can't he offer it to you? If Satan can offer anything to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, why can't he offer any of those things to you? So when we pray, God, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, and we get it and our hearts aren't right, guess where it's coming from? Can I just tell you that I thank God every day this week that he hasn't given me more than I need? Every day, because I prayed for it. And he showed me something. He opened the floodgates up and said, wait a second, son. I'm protecting you. And then this is the word I got last week, and you talk about relevant today. This is a word from God for someone in this room. I'm driving home last week. I'm about to pull in. And when you get those God moments, I don't know if y'all get them, but when you get them, you need to stop what you're doing. And you need to write them down. Or like I do, talk in the phone on my Google stuff, whatever. And I stopped and I was like, man, that was from God right there. That was a word. And I keep hearing on the news. Have anybody else heard this? Because we need rain. Has anybody heard that? And I'm like, have y'all seen the weather? <laughs> I heard uh, Friday. Friday, it was raining. I don't know if y'all saw it. We still need five inches of rain. And I said, what? Five inches? Where's it going to go? Right? And I know people say, we need rain, we need rain. Isn't this our prayer? God, send the rain. God, send the rain. Please, no more rain. Columbia's underwater right now. Charleston's underwater right now. And we got places in the upstate that are terribly devastated. And two weeks ago, we were praying for this. That's what happens when the blessed life comes without Jesus. What you believe would be the greatest thing could happen to you ends up being what condemns you and buries you. Listen, if y'all won the lottery today, 
It'd be the single worst thing that could ever happen to you. It would ruin your family. It would ruin your life. It would ruin everything. But listen to me carefully, and I don't want y'all to miss this. I hope y'all get right with Jesus and every one of you win the lottery because y'all are going to tithe at that point. Come on, Jesus. Right? So don't misunderstand. I'm believing God for a lot more than I can even possibly comprehend. But I do not ever, ever want to pray again. God, send me money. (laughs) Can we just... The God of the universe that owns everything does not need to send me anything. I just need to trust him with what I've got, and he promised it already. He promises it already. I just got to be faithful. And I'm telling y'all, God did something in my life this week, and he just shot. I'm telling you, it was such a freedom. And I just said, you know what, God, never again in my life. I'm going to step in and believe you for something because I'm going to be faithful on the front end and never have to pray and ask again. I'm going to believe that you've already done it, and I just hadn't received it yet. We look at people that have these crazy miracle stories, and we're like, how do they pray these prayers and God just does it? Can I just tell you how? Because they believe God. Because they're not praying for mammon and praying to God. They're sitting at a table without any food. But they're setting the table knowing he's bringing the food. Come on. That's exactly what we need to wait on. And what we do is we set the table and believe God for the food, and we get out all the ingredients and believe it sits on us. It's never sat on you. It's always sat on God. And so what does God want me to do with my money? That's the last question. What does God really want me to do with my money? And here's the answer is be faithful. He wants you to be faithful. He wants you to kill the unrighteous mammon. I'm just going to go fast and just talk straight to you. I'm not even going to worry about these slides. If y'all want to write them down, Zach can put them up. But Listen, if you're up to your ears in debt, the word depreciates means you buy, some, you buy something and you walk out and it's worth $500 less. That is less money than it was worth before. That depreciates. If you have tons of debt for things that depreciate, furniture, cars, boats, things that you swipe on your credit card that you need now because the enemy looks at you and says you need that and then it talks to us and we swipe and we swipe and we swipe and it consumes us we got we got a financial peace class that I want all of you that need it to sign up for and we got an amazing testimonies from last time it will free you I don't believe all debt is bad but the Bible does say in Proverbs that the slave of the borrower, excuse me, the slave of the lender is the borrower. The person that loans money enslaves the person that that gets it. And at this point, this is the American dream. Can I just tell, the American dream is $19 trillion in debt. Do y'all think we ended up there on accident? We ended up there because we believe that prosperity was our God-given right. Our God-given right is to trust Him and follow behind Him. And in everything, we will do what He asks or imagines. I want to show you one thing on this, and I want you to go back and look at it. It says, in God we trust, and that's awesome. And we've always claimed we're a country in God we trust. I'm not a conspiracy theorist about the dollar bill. I have no idea if this is literally what it means. But if you go look up, the satanic following, the Illuminati following that's old, 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 old. That's the picture. And this says New World Order at the bottom of our dollar bill in Latin. 
And I'm not telling you that's exactly what it means, but I'm telling you it's ironic if it's not what it means. And on the same dollar bill, it says, God will follow you. God bless us. We trust our money. Listen, the only time in the Bible that you can see evidence of someone giving mammon, and if you're taking notes, write this down because this is fascinating. Revelation chapter 13. If you take the mark of the beast, I'll provide all of these things for you. All you got to do is take 666. We're like, whoa, 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 that is so dumb. Everybody knows 666. Can I tell you what I think 666 is today? It's not the money. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evils, what Jesus said. And I believe that the enemy has used that to bury us and condemn us. And at the name of Jesus, we do these things. And I believe we've taken the mark of the beast as a church, not Four Points Church, capital C Church. And I say no more. So this is the call that I have for all of you. This is what I want all of us to do is wipe this out. One step at a time, wipe it out. Begin to follow God. Begin to be faithful with just a little bit and stop asking God for more. And then, next slide. Realize that this is the facts. Go back and read Philippians chapter four. It is so beautiful, the truth in it. But it says that God will richly supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To begin to believe that God wants to, listen, richly supply everything that you'll ever have and he loves to bless his children. But we've looked at the shortcut and we've ridden up the Tower of Babel and said, I can do it this way. I don't need this. This takes longer. It's harder. Sometimes it's not the way that I picked. And so Jesus, this is too hard. Listen to me carefully. The people that say that and believe it in their heart, that is who you are. That you may have said a prayer and you may have gone through emotion, but this is God or this is not. That if you don't really believe that Jesus applies everything, it's your 401k or something else and there's nothing wrong with that. I pray that all of you are blessed, but I pray much more that you know Jesus. It is better to starve without Jesus than be rich with him. Excuse me. It is better to starve with Jesus than be rich without him. And that is what we look like today. Because we're rich and we're lost. And a blessing becomes a curse when it floods and we don't have the capacity to, to hold it. And I'm just asking y'all to stop play, praying for a blessing because the blessed life comes to those who believe and follow him blessed life comes for those who believe and follow him. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Don't try to fix the whole world's problems today, okay? Don't leave here and go, all right, I'm giving away everything I've got. I don't want you to do that. I want you to do whatever God wants you to do. But I promise you, if all you do is ask God for, and you never ask God, what do you want from me? What would you have me do? And where would you have me do with it? What do you want, God? I'll do it. I'll trust you with all of it. You're never going to get a word, and you're never going to do it. And you're always going to have a handout until you get it, and you're going to close it up. I'm asking you to just open your hand up and say, God, I'm going to do for one what I wish I could do for everyone, and here's why. Because the American church has become a place where we hope to gain influence 
so that we can get more. But it's time we start using our influence for the kingdom and spreading it out. And this is what I want us to look at. And this is it. The reality is 80%. Look at this. Y'all, everybody look, because this is it. 80% of the world lives on less than $10 a day. If you're on welfare, you live on more than 80% of the world. In this country, unless you're homeless and no one knows about you, you have more than 80% of the world. The poorest 40% of the world earn 5% of the world's money. And the richest 20%, and that is every person in this room, takes up 75% of the 7 billion people's money in this world. 300 million people make up 75% of the world's money. Two out of three people live on $2 a day. A third of the people, or 2.8 billion people, live on this every single day. I'm not asking you to feed 2.8 billion. You're one. God is God. He can do it. But God will richly supply all of our needs. And when our needs shift too, I just want to use what I am for the cause of Jesus Christ. Don't go anywhere until God says go. Use what you have today and be faithful with it. But I believe the call of this house today is this. If you still give to get, and you got to give, then I don't know if you've met the one who gives. And Jesus Christ is waiting to supply all of your needs and give you more than you can ask or imagine. Once my life shifts from what do I get from this to look what you saved me from. And I believe so many people have scratched the ticket that's called Jesus and hope that it's the Powerball that you win stuff with. And you've never really realized what he saved you from because at that point I can never want just what he gives anymore. I just want to ask God, what would you have me do? And everything shifts in my life. And I don't want to be controlled by mammon. I want to be controlled by the Spirit of God because he supplies every need. He heals every marriage. He heals every child and parent broken relationship. He is able to do all of those things and yet we try all of the different things. I'm just asking you this morning, church, look this way. I'm just asking you this. I believe with all my heart that God told me that many people in this room today and many people listening to this message will be far from God. And it is because I believe that this is the thing that keeps the church away from Jesus. Ma'am, I'm asking you to kill the idol of mammon today by simply saying, Jesus, you're my everything. I trust you. I believe you died for me. I believe you lived for me. I believe you rose again and you took death and hell. You gave me the keys to the kingdom and just asked me to be faithful with them. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to live for you. And if you pray that, but more importantly, if you trust Jesus, that is salvation. I believe with all my heart, many of you need that today. And so our offering to you is to let you do that and celebrate with you like crazy. Will you bow your heads with me? Pastor, that's me. Short and sweet, that's me. I need Jesus. I am lost. I'm miserable. And everything that I do is for selfish ambition. This is hard. But it's freedom. It's freedom. I just want you to raise your hand and say, dude, it feels like you're talking directly to me and I know God has this word for me today. 
I need freedom in my life. I, tr- I want to trust Jesus as my Savior. If that's you, I just want to see your hand. Just show it to me and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Keep them up, if you will. Keep your hands up and say, that's me today. Keep your hands up as high as you can and say, man, that's me. I know that I need that. Will you just hold them up? Keep those hands up. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me today. Pray for me today. The defining moment in my life is when I no longer trust anything but Jesus. Can y'all look this way? I don't know how many people, but several people raised their hands and said they wanted to follow Jesus. When, when, when we finish singing, what I want you to do is go back to our prayer wall and we want to walk you through your first steps in following Jesus Christ. But this is what I want for everybody else. I don't want you to leave here the same because every single one of you will walk out of here with the spirit of mammon on your home or the spirit of God on your home. And it will all boil down to when it touches your hand, when power and success and influence and riches and money touch your hands, what will you do with it? And what will be your reasoning behind it? And if Jesus is not your everything, I promise you, you'll wreck the bus like we've all done many times. Hey, let's leave here today knowing this, and I'm telling you, it's what gives me so much encouragement. We are gonna change the world because God will richly supply all his children. And he is going to give us more than we can imagine. And we're gonna keep our hands open and see God do miracles. God wants to change your life, but you can't leave here the same. And so all I'm asking you to do as you leave is just say, God, what would you have me do? with all your stuff because everything good comes from God. Come on, let's celebrate what God's done today in his house. Come on, let me hear somebody celebrate. Y'all stand up. We're going to sing an awesome new song, but let's celebrate Jesus together. Come on.